0: This business podcast, The Two Business Guys Mastermind, uncovers for you secrets and share tips and tricks to entrepreneurship as they mastermind on how to have startup, operational, and overall business success so that you can go on to get better results. Enjoy. Just because you thought you were in one business, your customers may tell you you're in another. So what business are you really in? Listen in as the two business guys mastermind on the real business you may be in. Enjoy. So hey, John, how are you this morning? Welcome back. This is the two business guys masterminding and we're gonna be talking about what business are you really in? And I tell you, I, I saw something the other day that kind of got me thinking around this, John. And have you seen these little scooters? Have you seen the spin scooters here in Grand Rapids?
1: You you were telling me about that, those.
0: Yeah, so the the great thing about that is that these spin scooters are everywhere, right? I, when I was in Minnesota, I saw just a ton of them. Not the spins necessarily, but these scooters that you just come on, you got a uh, right on your phone, you can put a little thing on there. And I started thinking, I said, hmm, you know, who is behind that?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, Who's running that business? And what is their, what is their, what is their play? What business are they in? Come to find out they're owned by Ford. And I thought, hmm, that's interesting. So, it, you know, initially you would think Ford? Absolutely, Ford. Right, and you think, well, what is Ford doing with scooters? Don't they make cars and trucks? Yep. But what you know, if you boil down what what a what is a car and truck designed to do for you?
1: Move you from point A to B, right?
0: Get you somewhere.
1: Yep.
0: Now we also know that the cars and trucks, the combustion engine is in my estimation, it is on its way out because there's simply, you know, because of the carbon footprint, all these different things, right? And it is more than likely due to competitive pressures from one guy that started and said, hey, I'm, I'm building a, a electric car company and I'm going to build it to scale. Because there's a whole bunch of folks that tried electric,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? That's not new. Remember the Chevy Volt, that unattractive car right? <laughs> That's been out for a long time. But now you come out, a guy comes out with something sexy and attractive and gets a whole bunch of hoopla behind it. And next thing you know, everybody else is doing it. Then it starts really, you know, getting into the political play. It's like, you know, carbon footprint. What are you doing about it? And then he just says, you know, this is what we're doing. And then it's starting to be able to build it at scale. There was always a question of Um, the the oil versus electricity. And that you can make the gas from the oil cheaper than you could from the electricity, right? So now all of a sudden you have these car companies that are saying, wait a minute, maybe there's other things that we can do. After all, we're transportation companies. And that's the key thing right there, right? Defining exactly who you, uh, designing who you are. determining who you are and then saying how can you broaden that what can you do to broaden that idea right and that takes some digging would you agree john that that takes a little bit of digging to get to that and i'm looking at some of the notes that we got here we talk about the continuous activity is that what people should be doing in their business continually finding out what business they're in
1: well yeah absolutely but the the other part of that is too is buying, you know, buying or selling a product in part of a, a business transaction is not the same as you buying your forever home. That's, you buy your forever home if, I mean, if that's the home that you stay in forever, of course, one time, it's a one-time deal and it's done. Business, you, you always, you're, you're always looking for that next transaction you can't just say, "Oh, uh, there! I just, I just sold, uh, you know, whatever it is, a a uh, coaster, and now I'm going to retire." It's no, on to the next one. You're selling, you know, you're selling bulk loads and bulk loads and bulk loads. Um, whereas you're never finished. This is something that um, is never going to be complete. It's going to be one of those continuous actions. So. A lot of times um, when we do certain trans transactions in our personal life, that may be uh, the only time that we do that transaction. Whereas in the case of if this is your business, this is something that you're doing a thousand, you know, um, you know, 10,000, 100,000 times over.
0: Mm. So is it to say then that companies will find out what business they're in? Will they be surprised? Will the customer kind of pull them in a direction? Is that something that occurs? Because I think our entrepreneurs out there, as they're starting their businesses, they have a, you know, and I see this a lot when I'm doing some coaching. I see this when I'm doing some teaching on the entrepreneur side and for the startups. Is that, you know, I'll ask them, hey, you know what, well, where do you want this to go? And we do this visioning exercise and we say, okay, let's look at five years from now. And we bring in the senses, and you know. So I asked them, you know, where do you see your business going, being? And this is, during that exercise, we oftentimes have some really good insights because people see the bigness of their idea, and then what that, what that prompts is a question: okay. How are you going to get there? What mechanism, what tools? And of course, as the pandemic of 2020 taught everybody that if you don't have, and we talked about this on one of our other podcasts, right? If you don't have some dexterity and some flexibility, you're in trouble. So Absolutely. what business are you in? The nature of your business is expandable. Is something that you should be constantly thinking about, right? And then always doing something that reaches beyond that. Right now we call, you know, typically in the in the business world we call that adjacencies. What are the what are the adjacencies related to your business? Now, we don't want to get too technical here. We don't we want this to be a fun podcast. Right? <laughs> <laughs> we we want this to want you guys to be entertained here, but we want you also thinking about that business.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And saying, "What are some of the adjacencies?" This is literally kind of an exercise that I like to do is when I sit down And I go, okay, let's take a look at some specific things. What is a podcast? What business is it in? Right? Now, I see, especially, John, with what we do, we are also, we are in an affiliate business. Right? Because we have things that are on our podcast that we utilize as income generators in the affiliate space, whether it's our own products, other people's products. All right. So that podcast is in the affiliate business. All right. That's fine. It's in the entertainment business. Wait a minute. I thought we just got on and talked. Mm -mm. We're supposed to talk in a way that people go, I want to follow those guys. So we got to entertain to a degree. We're in the education business. So now the podcast is already, just think about this now, three different areas. You've got the education. We got the affiliate marketing, if you will, right? And then What other businesses, as you think about the one thing that your business does, this is the exercise that you can be doing. What else do we do?
1: And I think that when you, before we can start doing that, I think that there are a couple that you have to also write down your values um, because you don't want, Uh, your business or your customers to take your business in a place that you believe you know, that's against your core values. For example, for example, if let's just say that you, you're against alcohol and Mm -hmm. you grow and you're a farmer, you, you have your grains and whatnot. Well, you don't want to sell to the breweries if that goes against your core values. Mm, Uh, Not, now, if it's, if it's just money you're after, then that's one thing. But if you're value-based, um, then that would go against your values. So you have to, first, I think you have to figure out, hey, what, who am I and what do I want this company to represent? What are the values of this company? Um, and I think that without, you know, Ford Motor Company, it could say, hey, we want to get we want to provide safe transportation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, and so that, that, that goes through all types of different facets of transportation from those scooters mm-hmm. you were talking about, yeah. you know, they could get into the airline industry or because they're talking about safe transportation. Now they're, they're probably not going uh, to do something that, that, goes against that value. They're not going to provide uh, a vehicle with uh, gas gas tanks that are easily combustible, and you know the at any time the the car could go up in flames. I mean, they're going to do all they can because they have that value of safety. Yeah. And I think and I think that's what um, we have to keep in mind if if uh, you're you're a uh, family friendly book publisher, um, you know, chances are you're not gonna have pornography.
0: That's like Baker Bookhouse, right? right Baker Bookhouse right. is a Christian publishing company. Now under that, I've seen some really, you know, some really cool books in there, but they don't go into areas that does not go back to those values. That is a very good point. So I, I like to kind of spring off of that a little bit if we can. So think about your values. Well, you know what? What are you building? You know, and what do you want it to encompass? Now you're always going to have the pull. The pull to just you know grab the cash is going to be there all the time, right? So um, what is the, one of those sites out right now? Uh, let's say you're in the media business, and um, and you know I have a client that I, I I typically talk to, a guy that I mentor, at least let me put it like that, I'm not a client. And, you know, some of the things I see coming out of this media company, and I just kind of go, you know, is that the business you want to be in? Mm -hmm. Right? Because it's closely tied to you. Mm -hmm. And if you get blowback, then it's closely tied to you. Right? And that's about as much as I can say about that. But so, but, you know, and that is a value check moment. Right? It's, and that's not to suggest that Disney, if you will, does not have other theaters or, or um, other um, companies that do other things. But they're constantly asking, will this affect the big brand?
1: And and I think one of the the, the best examples, if you go back to the 90s, is um, if you remember, um, the Oprah Winfrey show was a phenomenal um, very popular talk show during the day Mm -hmm. where there was also another talk show, the Jerry Springer show Mm -hmm. and also very popular, very popular, but you never saw people running after each other, chasing them down and beating them up on the Oprah Winfrey show. Right. Whereas that was part of the dynamic of the Jerry Springer show, but Oprah's values weren't the same her show's values were not the same as jerry springer's so that's not something that she would be willing to to allow to happen on her on her uh show
0: and that that would be a brand risk. this is kind of getting back to our notes right so you have the dynamic of being profit-centered right so some people come on and say hey look my business is here to make money okay you immediately set yourself up for a a potential situation make money via what Well, does that mean that you're going to get on like, you know, go start an OnlyFans page and start, you know, you know, shaking your tail feather, right? Because you only want to make money and a lot of people are making money in that area, but it's associated with something else, right? So that becomes a risk to your brand. You know, you understand that, yes, your business is a profit center, right? And it should be profit center, but... What exactly are you trying to do? What business are you in? So I think why I wanted to have John, what I want us to really explore this and mastermind on this is because we're seeing a lot of entrepreneurs that just don't know. they're not defining this thing in a way that allows them the necessary flexibility. And again, you know we ping a lot of stuff off of what's what's happening out there in the world, right? as we see, that things are turned upside down and people have lost their ability to earn a living because they didn't look at these adjacencies I talked about. They didn't look at some of the things that their actual business is in, or and this is this is going you know to another point. Or their values, for you know good or bad, have put them out of business. I'm not doing that. Therefore, we're done. You see what I mean? When you see the tide shifting and you say, yep, I'm not putting, you know, let me mix these metaphors a little bit. I'm not putting my boat in that tide. I'm not riding it out that way. And we're seeing a lot of companies that, as I've noticed, um, we're seeing companies that say, I'm not doing, this is in a restaurant business, right? It's already treacherously hard business. (laughs) Lord bless my uh, restauranteurs. That said, I'm not doing delivery until they decide they were. I'm not doing that, I'm not set up that way. You know, I don't get my tax situation that way. But then it, the other businesses that says, you know what? I'm in the serving people or satisfying people's tummies business.
1: <laughs>
0: you see what I mean? I'm a restaurateur, I have people come in, I have a chef based situation. Right. I engage people in that particular way. Well, that's gone. Well, my chef's at home. Got to lay him off. Got to lay her off. And I'm, I think. Oh, so Sorry. Yeah. But that's the key, you know, is are you adjusting to that situation? So we want to we want to do some things. We want to bring it up. Right. So it's us. We're, we're going to be raking a little bit of, of the leaves and then we're going to bag them up and show you some of the things that you should be thinking about. Go ahead, John, what were you saying?
1: No, I was going to say, so when you're looking at that, you're looking at a restaurant who is hard pressed, hey, we are not in the delivery business. Uh, that's that's a economic, that's a technology. Those are those types of concerns. That's not a values-based concern. That's right. a preference. Right. And we have to be able to distinguish between, hey, is this against my values or is this a preference Um or an experience type thing, because your preferences and your experiences, those have to be adjustable. Mm. Um, And so if nobody ever uh, envisioned 2020 being the way that it is with the, the the pandemic or not, so I could have been a restaurant that said, hey, I'm not, you know, a year ago, I wasn't in the delivery business and I never thought I'd be in the delivery business. But however, economic times, have shifted my model um, and technology has given the opportunity um, for services like Grubhub. Um, So I think those things you have to be open and you have to realize those are not value things. Those are preference things. And so when you're looking at your business and you're saying, hey, you know what? I wanna, um, I'm, I'm selling shirts and i want to be in the bloomingdales and the macy's of the worlds and the sacks fifth avenues Uh, but you're finding out that hey they're not selling in those stores but they're selling in uh you know maybe maybe the walmart's of the world well that's something different than values that's Mm -hmm. a preference Mm. um now what the content that you put on those t shirts that could be a values thing, but but what we're talking about is just because you have envisioned these types of things for your business does not mean that that's the way your business is going to be forever because the market will determine certain things, your customers will determine certain things, the economy will determine certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we have to be opening, open, excuse me, to to adjusting our preferences. Um, you don't have to now. Now again, you can choose to never bend your values, um, but your preferences are not your values, and we have to be able to distinguish between both of those sets.
0: Yeah, that's so good. And I, I you know as I look at our notes. And we wanted to mastermind on how this is affecting different businesses and what we could you know uh, provide with our experiences um i look at the one that you put here on number six creative outlet right and we think about how much your creativity is going to play a part in you know asking that big question what business am i in right and you say well you know, my level of creativity, and there's a couple of things mixed in here that I wanna to get to, right? My level of creativity is only so far, right? And this is what some people think, right? This is what I know, this is all I do. And yet we are now faced with, and this is something that I experienced quite recently working with a client that I had never worked with before is I says, well, this is affecting my creativity. The things that you're asking for are affecting my creativity. <laughs> Right. because they want some metrics and all this kind of stuff and I was like, yeah. well, that's not my bag. And I thought, oh. wait a minute. If I want to survive, if I want to continue to do what I do, you know, I have to look at what I'm producing creatively and then try to mix in what the client is asking me to do businessly.
1: Yeah. Right?
0: So, it, guys, if you're out there now and you're facing something like that, and you're sitting there going, yeah, but I'm an artist, darn it, right? And, you know, you have a chance to, let's say, get a, a loan or get a, uh, a grant, and you now have to take that creative outlet, the creativity, and put it into a spreadsheet so you can define and show people what you're doing and how you're generating your income so you can get that grant. You better figure out how to do that.
1: It, I think it, us as a society excuse me us as a society we've we've put these parameters around creativity and we define only certain things as mm. creative outlets hey you know what i'm a great artist or i'm a musician or I'm, I'm a sculptor or whatnot yes those are creatives but also you can be creative on spreadsheets you could start looking at things that nobody's ever looked at before mm. these are these are creative with Creativity means you're 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 adjusting the way that you think and you're trying to come up with solutions. You're solutions base. Now I never, if you would have asked me 10, 15 years ago, are you a creative? I'd been like, no, I'm not a creative at all. But when you look at leadership development and you look at managerial styles and introducing new types of things to um, the entrepreneurial world, those that is creativity. We just have never defined it as creativity, right? Um, when you're bucking the norm, when you're, you're bringing something out that is different than the status quo, those are creative outlets. So you don't have to be uh, Michelangelo to, to have uh, this, this creative, creative spirit or whatnot. But what you do have to have is the flexibility to think differently mm. um, and I think you we have to and we're called to be as as entrepreneurs we have to be willing because if if business continued the way that it always continued and we never s- stopped uh, doing it the same way I mean can you imagine if you're a carpenter using square nails and a hammer all day <laughs> um, you would never get anything done right. but right or if you're using the wooden nails or, or whatnot, uh, pegs, <clears throat> but all because you wouldn't change, right? Tech. So, but but creativity allowed us to come up with other ways, other means of producing uh, that that allows us to to still have great quality homes, um, but using uh, the pressure of. Air, the air, compressed air um, in, in pushing nails mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, through, through the woods. So so we can't just think of creativity as, as just this, this box mm-hmm. and hey, you know what? I couldn't draw a stick figure to save my life. Well, that's creativity, but there are other ways to look at creativity. Um, are, you, are you a solutions-based person? Are there things in your industry? or trends that you're seeing or, or uh, innovations that haven't yet come in, but, but you could say, hey, I could see perfectly how these things um, that maybe are in this other industry would be quite compatible in our industry. And mm-hmm. I think it would make us more efficient, better, or, or so on and so forth. Um, those are creative factors. So we can't just say, and we can't just think of creativity as as this narrow, narrow uh, box,
0: right? And there's and to to your point, and on the other side of that, right? How can you get? I, I, it it kind of brings back a time when I was in, and I was talking with somebody about this. A time when I was in 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 grad school, right? And I tell you, you know, doing papers in the APA format was just so terrible for a creative writer. And I I considered myself a creative writer back at that time, but I got it done. I just used creativity to do it, right? I used their format, APA, you know, Johnson & Johnson said, you know, suggested, uh, posited, right? But I used, I told stories and I would create like many businesses and some of the things that I kind of recall, you know, how I was serving some of the things that I was doing right then, because I think I was starting a, a, a business at that time. And I said, you know, how can I put interject my business into this story and then do the work as if it is the research for the business? And that's how I did it. And that allowed me to be more engaged, right? That's bringing in the creativity forces. But at the same time, you know, if I ask that central question, what business am I in? Well, I'm in the business of making sure that I get a good grade, but I'm also in the business of making sure that I speak to my professors in a way that they understand or based on the rules, right? Now, how you bring that creative outlet or how you bring your creativity to that, that was what I was able to do just to get through for my own. Otherwise, bro, it would have been like, I got to stop this. This is terrible. You know, if I had just limited myself to how to get it done, I says, how can I get it done within the formats that's here in front of me, in, front of me, in, in the strictness of what they need, in front, of, I had one professor that didn't like it. I'm not gonna say her name because she follows me on, on some of my channels. <laughs> <laughs> you know who you are. And uh, she didn't like it. She was like, "No, I don't like that." I, you know. And the other professor was like, "Oh my god, this is great! I never seen anybody do this this way." And it's still, like I say, it 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 the story. Then I bring in, you know, the APA format of how I had to, um, you know, how I had to reference things all that kind of stuff but i just had it as if it was it was literally doing it for a fictitious business but it was a real business it was the one that i was starting and then i would have johnson and johnson if you will come in and speak to that business like that right and that became a fun thing for me to do and it also tapped into a something i didn't realize the adjacency that i had a capability in right and that was writing in a creative fashion I would come up with headlines, you know, because a lot of stuff that we had to do was online. And, uh, and this is before it was almost mandatory. So, um, and I would come up with these amazing headlines that people would open them all the time. I said, Man, I was really looking forward to reading this based on the headlines, stuff like that, right? So I didn't realize I had some copywriting stuff in me, but all in service of satisfying the professors in a way, and, you know, obviously staying within the bounds in, of the rules. But at the same time, you're constantly asking, what am I trying to do here? That's the same thing you're doing with your business. It doesn't matter what you're specializing in. You're constantly having to ask that thing. Um, Something that I noticed in our notes here, we talked about skill. And we, you know, one of the things that one of the podcasts that we were going to do or the one that I had originally suggested, we kind of had two guys, if you're listening in, we had two that we wanted to explore. And then it is, is this building? And we might end up exploring this a little bit later. Um, Are you building a skill or are you building a business? Uh Right. And John, John had to remind me, no, no, we were talking about what business are you in? Right. Uh So we'll probably put that for next week. Are you building a skill or building a business? We're going to, that one's going to be really super duper hot. But when you start thinking about the skill that you have, right. And then you say, well, I'm in the business of presenting this skill to the world okay, that's fine. But the world is changing. It has changed dramatically. So what business are you in again? Applying your skill to just this one area or a whole other area? There, there's, and this brings to mind, you remember the guy who had, what was his name? I can't think of it right now. He was the guy that was Apple's Chief design officer.
1: Mm.
0: Oh, what was his name, John? Let me see if I can find it here. Uh, it was um, Ives, something Ives.
1: Oh, yes, yes. Uh, oh, what is is
0: um, Ives? I'm, I'm gonna look it up real quick. But um, I just read that he is actually now over with the B&B folks, Airbnb folks. Mm, mm you know and that was incredible so he had the uh, apple designer johnny j o n y ive ive right johnny ive he was the guy that you know for the most part he built the beauty in what apple was doing right he was he was that person and and i i thought to myself i says, this guy is now with airbnb now airbnb as of this, this, uh, this session or this date, they're going to be, they're preparing for an IPO. It's going to make the founders billionaires. And now I'm thinking, what is Johnny Ive going to do at Airbnb? Right? What is he going to design? You know what I mean? He was a product guy that made things beautiful. So, but you see what's happening. What business is he in? Right? He's in the architectural design business, and it doesn't matter if he spent 27 years at Apple. He has seen that, hey, listen, I can apply this skill to a variety of areas. That's what we're needing to be thinking about, whether it's Ford, transportation business. I can apply that to a variety of things. Value based. What can I apply these things that, well, I make sure that they have this value. You know, my value, it stay within my value statements. I won't do it over here for the porn industry. I won't do it over here for OnlyFans. I won't do it over here for this, but I will apply it in a variety of areas, right? And now that opens you up to possibility. So as you're thinking about this, as you hear what we're talking about, think about what business are you in? What are some of the potential areas that you can go in if you think about it more widely than what you do right now? Right, I think about the restaurant business. Let's get back to that. And there's a couple of risks I want to go on, man. The restaurant business, you're more, are you just into satisfying what we you perceive as the problem of hunger? No. You're in the business of providing choice. Oh, right? Different food. That's why it's, a, it's just a treacherously, I wouldn't go into that business if you paid me right? But but if you think about things a little differently, and I think what the pandemic of 2020 has, has made restaurants think, how else can I sell? Packaged food? Oh, didn't think you were in that business, right? Maybe you are uh, uh, into the uh, affiliate marketing business. You kind of are, because if you have a bar, guess what you're doing? You're selling other people's products.
1: And this happens in the traditional realm as well. I remember when my brother and I were in business together, uh, and, and many years ago when we were we were starting out, the business um, that we bought into just did telecommunications work. Um, we we're putting telecommunications underground. Mm-hmm. Well, so you put the
0: telecommunications underground as well with the pipe, or you had yep. somebody build the pipe.
1: So they go in. They go in a a, a duct. Like a um, a uh, polyurethane type pipe. Mm-hmm. It's uh, man, I'm losing my uh, my thought. But uh, anyway, it goes in. It goes into a pipe, mm-hmm. a, a plastic pipe underground. And so you'd put the pipe in, and what they would do is they would thread it through that pipe. Mm-hmm. Well, my thought was, hey, this is the lowest paying stuff that you put in the ground. I mean, we're getting pennies from these telecommunications companies doing this. What if we were to look at doing electric or what if we were looking at doing natural gas? And we started doing that and we had a a territory that, I mean, we were sending our our, um, employees all the way down to Georgia. We had had a base in, in Indiana as well but we we didn't just we we didn't just do telecommunications anymore. We were just putting stuff you know stuff underground, pipes mm-hmm, underground, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, so the electrical so the Duke energies of the world could put their electric through, or um, we were putting our pipe in the ground so consumers' energy could run their natural gas through it. Mm-hmm. Um, so. It wasn't about where, hey, we're a telecommunications company or we're just in that telecommunication construction space. Mm -hmm. But now there's all this other opportunity and it opened up so many more avenues and so, so much more money um, than we had ever experienced before. Uh, Yes, it came, it came along with regulations and testing and different things like that and safety protocols and. Hiring uh, individuals uh, to do certain things, but you adapt with that. You're willing to you're willing to be creative, and allow your your business to to evolve into something better. And putting I these like things that. in place, um, where this is benefiting everybody. We're able to pay people more. We're able to provide better benefits because we're making better money. Uh, being being flexible, and the other thing too is um, the economy. So let's say telecommunications uh, it dries up, or or there's a couple years where it's really slow. Mm-hmm. We're not we're not just doing that now. We have we have other eggs in our basket. Wow, you know we we can do electric, we can do natural gas, we can do water, sewer. Um, so that's how I want. Um, business owners to think is it's not just hey I'm this niche this specific and that's all I can do but kind of like what's happening uh, with the pandemic where you have businesses doing things that they never thought they would be doing out of necessity and need and they're making really good money but they were flexible if yeah. they weren't, if they weren't flexible and didn't have certain skills, they would not be able to do those things.
0: Yeah, it, it's a little bit talk. You know, as I look at uh, again our notes here, and it it's, it talks a little bit about just what you described there is going through the seven stages of development, right? By uh, Richard, was it Richard Barrett here? Surviving, relating, differentiating, transformation, transforming, internal cohesion. These are some of the things that you have to think about within your business and know that you you got to get out there. You're, it's about surviving right now in this new industry, in this new time, in these new needs, how are you relating to that new marketplace? You had a certain style of what you do. I think of a consultant that I know who has a certain way that he did his business. Now his strength was, that he could be in a room with somebody and he could see just the little nuances, the way they were, you know, the body language stuff. He was really good at reading people, right? And that right there, that skill set served him when it was face to face stuff. It really did because he could just, he could tell that little cough, he could tell the way their foot was the positioned, whether it was headed out the door, whether they had mentally checked out, and then how he could bring them back. You know, things like that. Well, when the pandemic disallowed us to have those type of conversations, now he had to adjust, didn't do it very well at first. Didn't do it very well at first because, you know, that approach was so nuanced. It involves such nuance, right? So now he had to figure out how to do it through, through Zoom. And that's very difficult because you don't know what I'm doing with my feet. You don't know if I'm looking down, you know, doing something on my phone, and that's disengagement. Or I really got to take this call. That's the school calling. <laughs> you know, little Bobby didn't make it today, or or little Bobby needs to come. You see what I mean? So now, you have if you're that person, or if you're that business, that you are now stuck in a situation like that. Understand what we talked about here with the with the seven um, seven stages, right? How you now are thinking about your survival, but how you can think about what you do in the relating uh, aspect of that, right? How can you relate a total different way? What skill set can you now bring to the marketplace that allows people uh, I can I can see it John, we can see this stuff, right? We kind of go, hey, when we're looking in on a business uh, when a business hires us to kind of look in and see what they're doing, then we can see that you could use that skill set. you just have to now say, In a zoom setting how to virtually understand whether your client has checked out
1: so when when we release this podcast today's today's taping it's going to be the day after a major election yeah politics politics is one of a a a very simple representation of this have you noticed a lot of politicians are are lawyers they're good Mm -hmm. at presenting their case arguing yep yeah they're they're presenting their case and they want you to see they're trying to to make you see what they want you to see mm-hmm. so and that's exactly what they do with a jury as well um is they're not they're not up there just being authentic but they're they're using that platform those are the same skill sets to be able to that if you notice, an attorney is very careful about what they say and how they say it. The same thing with a politician. If they're, if they're a good politician, um, they they will. Uh, if you try to to rebut an attorney, they they will bring some sort of nuance into that mm-hmm. to make you to make you question your question or your thought. And the politician does that as well. Um, so. Those are, those are simple things, and even relating into our, our life at, at this present time, just, just think about those for a moment. Um, it's about, about for attorney, it's not especially a, a defense attorney and not, not a prosecutor, but it's about winning or losing. And it's the same thing with a politician. So anything, a defense attorney will do anything they can, they'll say things, in a way. So they win. That's the ultimate goal. It's the same thing. Watch politician. It's the same type of thing.
0: And that's something that, that gets to, uh, I was talking with a, a colleague of mine and, you know, we, we were talking about this very thing. And he says, you know, it's either about control or money. Right. And I says, one, well, that's a good topic, you know, control or cash flow, especially during now, right. During this time is what's important to you, the control part. And it kind of speaks to what you said. Hey, look, I'm a, you know, a lawyer. I do this thing. I control the jury. I have, you know, I'm, you know put the dengali move on them or whatever it is, right? That's control. Those are going back to issues of control. So if you're that person, that consultant, let's say we were talking about earlier, that's in the control way, I like to do things a certain way because I got to control this, that, or the other. Then you may find yourself needing to do, you know, come on, dinosaur, you got to find a way to dance, right? You got to find a way to do something very, very different because you're asking that question, is it control or is it about money? Is it about control or is it about money? And if you have an opportunity to say, hey, listen, it's, you know, it's about the money and how I do it has changed. So can you do a different dance? Can you adjust a little bit? This is what we're asking you guys out there as you're looking at your businesses. You're asking, how can we now change? How can we adapt? You're gonna hear a lot of that, especially given that we're in this kind of a phase and we're, we're, we're talking to so many entrepreneurs that are just stuck continually. Even, you know, stimulus money is gone and, you know, came and went, right? And I think, John, in our book, one of the chapters is called Be Your Own Stimulus. <laughs> right and then we encourage people to create those avenues and lanes to be their own stimulus. So if you're in that position and you're you're wondering you know how do I now move forward right We've already you know broken up the soil if you will, right and I, I broken up the soil we've raked the leaves now let's bag that stuff. Now let's get into how you can adjust and adapt and change. Now we spoke about it earlier we says, hey listen, asking the question of what business am I in and then saying what business should I be in what can I bring forth into what I thought I was in what skills do I need to bring to the table what can I adjust what can I who can I bring on this is an important one who can I bring on that does something very different than what I did right that helps you continue with your business that helps you survive that helps you if you're not a dinosaur that dances, you get something that can, <laughs> right? So you stay within the company of dinosaurs, if you will. And but you now are saying, I'm in a different business, I'm doing a different thing, I'm still making it happen, right? Because we want you guys, business is so important, John. I tell you, it just it, I like to ping everything off of a business strategy, how can we adjust this no matter what it is, because it provides us with the lessons that I believe, right, that we that we need to continue to do what we do, right? So beyond the seven stages of development, you mentioned here that change is really the only thing guaranteed, and you you've heard us riff on that, right? But let's dig into that a little bit. You said the basic co- dilemma of conflict between the defensive forces. Okay, you got into that a little bit, and I says I don't know what John's talking about here, <laughs> right? But what do you mean by that being the only thing that's guaranteed and what we can now deliver to our entrepreneurs that are listening out there that will help them?
1: I think what that means to me is that... You have to be willing to to get out of your comfort zone. You have to be willing to have contingencies. You have to be willing to think about what are some of the other things that that I could be doing if worst case scenario, if uh, what I if if uh, environmental changes came about, if if changes in the law, if if uh, trade Trade wars started, and I couldn't get the the product or the materials that I needed from other countries. What is it that I could use that skill set? My my actual developed skills for um, to keep earning me some sort of revenue. And we we know this is going to happen, and you and you see it through everything in life, there's an evolution. Um, the, me- the, the medical industry is totally different today than it was 40 years ago. Um, and if you're not willing to look beyond your current situation, if you're not open to keep, to, to, to become a student, um, entrepreneurs are, should be the best students. Um, we should be the best ones studying our competition, past and present. Um, what are they doing really well? What are they not doing really well? Um, it's just like if if I'm a pro football player, or if you name from a high school football player, they study tape. Well, we call them tapes. I don't know what they call them nowadays. But
0: they study they, film. Yeah, same film, thing. film, <laughs>
1: Yeah, they 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 were watching their competition. If you're a boxer, you're studying film you know your competition, you know what what their abilities are, mm-hmm. their skill sets. We need to be doing the same thing, Burger King. That's why they've had uh, this successful um, strategic way of positioning Burger Kings is because what they did was they used McDonald's as that, that marker post. Everywhere yeah. there's a McDonald's, there's a Burger King pretty close. Um,
0: I like when we do this a lot, right? I've heard you say that before. I love that analogy. It is, you know, you don't have to recreate the wheel, even when you're changing, Mm -hmm. right? You can look at what your competition is doing. How are they shifting and adjusting? This is the wonderful thing about, and why I wanted us to mastermind on this. As you're thinking about what business are we in? Well, we're in the business of staying, staying in business within our value set, Right, value set, not skill set. And remember that, not skill set. Because as times change, so do that skill. So will that skill, right? Again, like you said earlier, with the carpenter that says, hey, I am a carpenter that uses wood nails. No, you're a carpenter, darn it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And a carpenter uses whatever. Did I say uh, wood skills? I meant wood uh, uh, wood nails. You're a carpenter. And as a carpenter, you're using the necessary tools that gets the job done better. Understanding what business you're in will help you say, I'm adjustable to whatever's happening. As entrepreneurs, and this is why the entrepreneurs, I think are on the absolute rise is because we have decided not to just be a specialist. I'm a surgeon. No, darn it. You're a doctor that happens to do surgery. Now, don't get me wrong. If I, you know you're working on my head, I don't want you, you know, to, to. I don't want you out there doing any kind of carpentry. I don't want you to learn any other skill, right? <clears throat> you're working on my heart. Don't know anything else. But for the most part, I think I want you to be a doctor that explores multiple things.
1: Absolutely. If you're a, if you're on an airplane, and and uh, someone needs a medical assistance, and you say, well, do they need surgery? If I'm a surgeon, do they need surgery? No, I can't help them then. No. Heck, I'm a doctor. I can right. help them. They're gonna do everything that they can. Um, yes, they're their day job, they're a surgeon, but they're also a doctor. So they're gonna provide that assistance. You're in the they're helping not helping people business. Right. Absolutely. They're 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 gonna they're gonna let they're not gonna let that be a barrier for them. And we have to be the, we have to do the same thing in our world, is what's more important. Do we just dig our feet in the ground? Well, I'm a surgeon. I can I can do surgery on that person. Well, the person doesn't need surgery. Uh, they need you know they need something else. They're mm-hmm. they have they're having an allergic allergic reaction or something. Um, so we we can't just bury our foot in the ground and say, hey, we're not moving at all. But what is it that I can use um, my values and my skills that I have obtained and maybe learn some new skills? And evolve a little bit to become the best version that I could be.
0: Yeah, this is something that you know when we look when I was looking over the notes, John, and I saw you know if you're in a distribution business, let's say. So now we're get some uh, some. I'm um, being specific here, guys. Is you know what what kind of distribution did you do before? Well, it was only you know my business and to another business. Okay, well the consumers are out there saying I could use that same thing, but I'm not going out there to get it. I only do it a certain way online. Okay, then how do you get it to the consumer? And now we're seeing such opportunity to go right to the consumer. And this is in a multi, a lot of different industries. I'll give you one that I'm seeing some changes in, and I have some clients in this space and I am talking with them hard about you know moving the ship. So we're, we're watching um, movie theaters that are just like cutting out not movie theaters, but we're watching um, uh, uh, like the, the bigs out there, right? That are going past the theaters. And they're saying, well, we're gonna figure out how to deliver it right to the customer. Now, as the customer, I'll tell you how I feel about that. Don't try to charge me the same kind of price that you would at the theater. That's what I get a little a little salty about, right? Now, because I don't want that model to affect me negatively because you decided to you know send it to me at home there's some reason why i go to the theater i want that big screen huge screen one that i wouldn't have in my house i want that effect right i want to get out i want to have a date night i want all these things so when you're delivering it to me and i'm seeing a lot of this if you notice it was like um Theater in your home, whatever they're calling it, right? And it's like, wait a minute, my my TV is maybe fifty something inches. You're gonna still charge me the same price you would charge me to go to the movies? I don't think so, (laughs) right? I didn't I didn't like that at all. You need to half that, put that in half. But at the main, but what I'm seeing here is these um, movie places, movie houses. They're really saying. What business, they're asking that question, what business are we in? We're in the entertainment business. We're not in the business of sending it to theaters so that they can make their money. That was just distribution, right? So this is getting back to what you were talking about in uh, point number 13 is distribution, B to B, B to C. And they're saying, let's get B to B and let's right, go right to the consumers. And that could change a lot of things. That can change the way, uh, producers are getting paid. That could that could change a whole bunch of things, right? Especially if you're getting points on how many, how, you know, how many seats get in the theaters and the theaters are really, really good at the distribution side of it, right? So now you've got to adjust that. But on, if you're a producer, if you're a writer, your job is to continually create content. You should be loving this. You should be in your room right now producing more stuff. You should simply because you're in the business of no matter who takes it and what, how they eventually distribute it, your job is to make sure they have something to distribute. Now you have to have some writing dexterity, of course, right? You've got to be able to shift and change and do some things that now is speaking to the smaller screen and the attention span of the folks. Because come on now, when they're in the theater, they're captive audience. But at home, guess what? I gotta you know go put another load in so I gotta go down and and do that. So how are you writing? W- what kind of beats are you putting in? Now, I'm, I'm talking in writing power lenses here, but you know what are you doing to keep people in that seat until the next scene? right? So that's the only thing that might shift and change. But if you know the business you're in, you can go, I'm ready right And it's to your point. How do you shift? How do you change? That's the only thing that's guaranteed. You got to be aware of what the competition's doing so that you stay relevant. More importantly, you got to be aware of what the consumer's doing. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Let's forget about the competition for a minute. Businesses out there, if you are not finding out what is happening with your consumers, their needs, their desires, their frustrations, all of that kind of stuff, you're already out of business. You can look at the competition, but that could be, you know, the buffaloes going over the hill, over the cliff. So you have to develop a different mechanism. How are you going to do that? You're going to do that by being in touch with the consumer,
1: right?
0: right? De- developing those mechanisms. We're going to talk about that probably in, in a, another podcast. We're, the one that I, I see coming up is going to be control or cash flow, right? Which one is most important to you guys out there? Controller flow. we'll be talking about that. Be looking for that podcast coming up. So John, you know, I hope that people when they're listening in on this and they now have a chance to ask themselves, what business am I really in? That they've heard enough to be able to go, yeah, I need to really visit that and ask deeper questions of that and figure that out. So, that I can be in a position that my business does not suffer, even though something out there nationally changes, whether we change presence or keep presence, what is happening in your business that you can weather any type of storm? That's my hope for you guys out there today. You know, what are you doing? How are you looking at your business? How are you expanding it and thinking about it so that you stay in business? We need you.
1: Mm. Hmm.
0: don't we need them john we need them in business businesses in my estimation is the thing that makes stuff it just makes the world go around business and
1: in, in, in mcdonald's look at mcdonald's if mcdonald's was just selling hamburgers and shakes like they were in the 50s uh, they wouldn't be as successful as they are today but they uh, they listen to consumers in the time and space they experimented they did some r&d and they continuously are looking at new types of things to add to their menu. I remember um, when I was in high school in the town that I had, McDonald's was doing pizza Uh, and it didn't last that long. It wasn't that good, but it was part of their R&D where they knew that, hey, this is a huge market. Let's see if we can capture this because we're in the business of fast food. We're not in the business of burgers and shakes.
0: That's right. We're in the business of making sure that you have your food quickly, right? Now, that didn't work because, I don't know, you know, quick pizza, uh, you know, in the way that they probably get it in and freeze it and all that kind of stuff probably didn't work with their business model. But again, they're exploring. When you said your R&D, the research and development part, what are you doing? Even if you don't have a big research and development bu- uh, budget, that's not the point. The point is, are you continuously checking things out? Finding out what's happening out there, what people are wanting, what has changed. And we've seen a lot of change with the pandemic of 2020, right? We saw that people were like, look, I'm not going out there, right? They needed masks. I literally, just the other day, I bought a new kind of mask. I'm just exploring, right? Because what I found was I was seeing all these folks and I didn't know who they were.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. I'm like, who is, the eyes look familiar, but then now you're staring at people. I don't quite know who that is. Some guy told me. I says, "Man, how did you know who I was?" He says, "I know your walk. Yeah. We've known each other since grade school." So you know, you know, I got I guess I got a walk that uh, is distinguishable. That said, that's Randy Otterbridge, right? And but uh, oftentimes, I, I saw somebody the other day, and I, I, I'm looking at her, and I'm like, "Man, this is not cool. We can't stare at people." You know what I mean? And then she said to me, hey, Randy, I'm thinking, my face is covered up. So I went and got a mask that is clear. I'm Mm -hmm. trying it out. Not the one, I I actually, for when I'm teaching, if I'm teaching in person, I actually have a shield that's like with the glasses, right? And it's a kind of a shield that comes all the way down. And then, um, so, but this new one is glasses, all glass, but it covers the nose and you can see the face. You can see whether a person has a beard, and I thought, let me try that. That's kind of a R and D kind of a thing, right? It costs a couple of bucks, not too much, like I don't know, eight or nine dollars. But I says, wait, wait a minute. It wasn't too far out from, and it co- it does all the stuff, right? It covers up. I'm really curious whether or not it fogs up. That's what I'm really curious about, right? Because then that would just cause another problem, right? You got foggy mouth, <laughs> right? But that that goes to constantly exploring, constantly trying things. That's just on a personal level, but something that would make it better for recognition. Right. For when you're talking to people, I didn't realize how much people looked at your mouth
1: to Mm -hmm. really understand
0: what you're saying. Mm -hmm. So that's why when I'm teaching and I'm teaching in person, I use the shield as opposed to the, the, uh, the face mask. They can hear me, but with the face mask, they can see my mouth moving, right? And I didn't realize how much intentionality, when you get excited about something, how how watching your face move gets other people in a particular, particular emotional state. All these little nuances, right, that now we have to adjust and change because it allows us to interact with our customers a little bit better. Now, that's like I say on a personal side, but now think about that businessly, y'all. Businessly, you're now doing some of those same things. You're saying, what can I adjust and adapt in my business that will help my consumer with an eye on competition is one thing, because competitions out there, they don't know what to do. You might have to literally be the leader. You have been the follower, 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 but because you're nimble and quick, you now are becoming the potential leader and saying, you know, Maybe we ought to do this because I'm listening to the consumer. I'm hearing what they want, what's changing their life. I'm not following you guys anymore. That's what my message is to you guys today is to understand, crack open what you think your business is and what business you're in. And then look at a look around hard. John and I, of course, will help you with the service that we provide, helping companies, you know, look into whether they need to go next. But if you say I can, I can brute strength this thing myself, that's fine. Right, but always be on the lookout for what's changing and how you can adapt, or if you need to bring in some pieces and some parts to do that. So, hey, John, I hope uh, I hope they got some value today.
1: I, I do too. Uh, I uh, I I absolutely hope so. I I hope that you could take some of the pieces. I know it was a lot of information, and it was a lot of um, different information, but. Mm-hmm the more that you understand and you think about, hey, what are, what are my values? Mm-hmm. And how can I apply those values to, to the skills that I have? And then, and then look towards the future and how can I continuously educate and develop myself through changing times as well? Okay.
0: So, hey guys, you know, two business guys masterminded, and we hope that we've shared some really good stuff that you can take from. Again, a lot of information. That's why we call it a mastermind. Sometimes John and I are spitballing because we saw something out there in industry. We saw something when we were working with our our clients that we just wanted to come on and mastermind about. And now you get a chance to listen in, right? Mm -hmm. And start watching the jewels just fall to the ground, you know, and take what you need, literally, take what you need and apply it to your business. We wish you well, and we will talk to you on the next cast.